You're listening to episode four. Hey, I want to welcome my guest today, Erin, and I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. So, Erin, please tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I completely appreciate it. But um, my name is Erin Smith, and I am the owner and founder of the Starters Club. And basically, what that is is I have started and sold several businesses. And I would hear from people all the time that they'd say, gosh, I'd really love to start a business. And I would say, well, why can't you? And the answer always seemed to be, I don't know where to start. And so as I started getting involved in you know, a lot of the communities, online communities, I saw a lot of people at level B, but there was this whole gap of level A that they just expected people to know. And that seemed to be a really big freezing point for them. So I've put together um, courses specifically for people of learning, you know, just the basic stuff of how to register your business, how to find a domain name, and how to load a web, you know, WordPress onto your site, and just the basics and the the fundamentals for people on how to get their business up and running. Wow, and that's a major big deal for a lot of people, I know. Yeah, definitely a lot of people get stuck on that. Like, they don't even know, well, how do I name my business? And they get so caught up in the name of their business that it never goes anywhere because they're so worried they're not going to do that part right. Yeah, for sure. I I understand. I've been there once before, and and I do talk to a lot of women who have um, the same problems when when they first got started. So you have a really valuable business, I think. Well, thank you. I hope that's the goal. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just a few months in now, so you know it's yet to be. But I mean, it's definitely moving in a direct, you know, a direction and speed that I'm having trouble keeping up with. So it's a good thing. Well, that's that's awesome, though. I love hearing that. You know, I truly believe in women having their own businesses. That's for sure. I because I've always had both. I've always had a job and my own little business on the side, and the home business was always more rewarding. Th- so I say awesome to you. Well, thank you. And actually, that's funny you mentioned that because I've always been in your same boat. And I just am actually 100% self-employed for the first time. August 1st was my official unemployment date. <laughs> I so love hearing that. It's pretty awesome, I must say. Yeah, definitely. Now, okay, so that's great because that takes me into the question that I want to ask is, what made you make that decision from going from a job to strictly having just your own business? Because it can be kind of scary for a lot of women to leave a job where you have a secure paycheck and then to go to your starting your own business and working it and not having that backup um, as a paycheck each month. So what made you decide to take that leap? Well, it was actually kind of a a lot of things. So I was always terrified. I was always scared of, of, you know, my issues with money, I would say, there was always this scary issue of not having enough. And so I would actually, the businesses that I started, I would be able to grow them quickly and and even just working them part-time. And it was, I mean, I made six figures, but I always had something in the back of my head that would say, well, that's not enough. You should be making you know, seven figures, you should be doing this, you don't, and it was always something in the back of my head, and there were, 
a few things that one of one of them was I had children and there's a quote that says your your children will grow to be who you are so be who you want them to be and that was a really big moment for me because I was scared I was really always scared you know my family if you read rich dad poor dad my family was Mm -hmm. go get a job get be safe be safe and I always had this well what if I fail in the back of my mind and the last thing I want for my children is to live in fear like I had so I really looked at myself and said, you've got to really 100% believe, you've, A, you've done this. What is the doubt? Where is this doubt coming from? But B, you have to be this example for them because I want them to see me living my dreams and having flexibility. And there was just these moments I had a lot of flexibility in my corporate job. I was very fortunate. I worked from home. I pretty much could demand whatever salary I wanted because I was very... Uh, in a very select niche, but I was miserable and I was angry and I was, you know, I would deal with these clients and they were driving me over the edge. So <laughs> I, 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 the, the idea of the starters club evolved slowly and, but I kept as the business was growing, I kept saying, okay, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. But I would get, you know, mm-hmm. several, I knew I, I can, I've been so careful with money, I cannot make money for years at this point, and I'd be okay. But I kept saying, well, I need a couple more months worth. I need a couple more months worth. And I was actually recording a podcast with a friend of mine who asked the question, have you ever told somebody to do something that you weren't willing to do yourself? And she said, it makes you feel like a piece of crap when you do that. And it was this moment for me where I was like, you know what, that's what I do every day. But I said, that's what I'm doing every day. Like, I, I'm i telling people to live their dreams. I'm hoping this for my children, yet I'm living in fear because I need, what, one more month, two more months, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it was literally, I recorded that. I had a womanly cry moment, and I <laughs> called my boss the next morning, and I said, I'm done. And I, I have to do this now, or I'm never going to do it. I'll make excuses for the rest of my life. And I took that leap. So here I am unemployed. <laughs> That's fantastic, though, because I know I've worked with women for many years and some of them will not leave their job. Doesn't matter how unhappy they are. They just have that fear of not having enough money. So that's awesome, though, that you actually work through it yourself and realizing that, you know, you you need to be a good example to your children because I think it's critical that women really are trying to be examples to their children because, like you said, we can't say one thing and do something else. These kids nowadays, they are really smart. They just pick up on everything. And I know because I have four children myself. I mean, they're all adults now, but they listen to things that you don't want them to listen to and then, you know, how that works. And then they... They don't listen to what's important, but, you know, they hear it, but not necessarily want to apply it when you want them to. So being an example is so much more beneficial. That's great. Thank you for sharing that because I I talk to women all the time and, and fear of just so many things um, prevent them from really moving forward in what they really want to do. And there's so many opportunities out there as well, too. That's what a lot of people don't realize. 
Yeah, and I think as parents, and I struggled with this too, I feel like we get caught up in the good life, right? So Mm -hmm. we can, you know, when we've got good money coming in and we can afford a, a lifestyle for our children that we never had, it's hard to rock that boat. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I, cause I was in a, I was in a situation their their college was paid for and they're two in one. Um, I was in a situation where, you know, if they want to go into select sports, whatever. Okay. This is a crazy thoughts that go into my head and I know they're only two in one, but <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, if they want to play these sports or they want to do camps, whatever they, I want to be able to afford that for them. Yes. And it's like, what if, so if I quit and, lose their money, you know, their college fund, am I a crappy mom for doing that? Am I a crappy mom for going for my dream and putting theirs on the line? But I just felt 18 more years of this. And and when I succeed, not if, when I get to the place I want to be, I can afford a thousand times more for them. And it's not about giving them everything they could ever possibly want. I'm not that parent. Thank you. I'm glad. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know it sounds like I'm doing that. Like, I want to be able to buy him a thousand toys, and that's not what I want to be able to do. But, you know, I just don't want to say, I'm sorry, you can't do that because we're, you know, we can't afford that. I just don't, you know what I mean? Right. But I want to give them opportunity. So it was a very difficult situation of making that decision because I'm like, well, right now I can afford a good lifestyle. We can travel. We can do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I going to take that away from them if I can't. But, you know, if the worst case thing is that we don't get to go to Disney World one year, I think they'll be fine. (laughs) I think so, too. No, but that's great. That's really common. Most moms want to give their kids as much as possible. I think that's just something that we have in us naturally. So you are definitely a good mother. You're only wanting good for your children. So, And, you know, we wrap our lives around our children for those women that do have children, though you are in a great place right now where you're moving forward and being a great example to your kids, for sure. Now, how does it feel at this point, now that you're not in a corporate job and making six figures, that you are starting out on your own once more? And so how does that affect you? Like, do you ever lose sleep? Or because that transition is major, you go from six figures to to nothing and having to start from zero. How does that make you feel at this point in time? You know, I feel a lot better than I thought I would, to be honest with you. Um, I There are stressful moments, don't get me wrong. There are, you know, mm-hmm. nights I wake up from really weird dreams. <laughs> but I feel so much more at ease than I ever dreamed I would. And what's funny is, like I said, I have a, a podcast and I love mm-hmm. recording those because it's every time I'm uneasy about something, I talk to someone and it's like, Aaron, you're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. And there's too many things moving forward. And this, I've always had to put my companies on a hold or on a, you know, very slow uh, growth because. I didn't know if I could schedule meetings because I might have to travel and my corporate job was always the first priority. So if I said, sure, I'll come speak at your event and I had to travel, I had to back out. And now I'm growing. I mean, just the opportunities that are coming my way because I'm so open to them is just incredible. And so because those opportunities are happening and I can say yes at any point, I can go to conferences. I don't have to worry about who's, 
wondering where I am and who's looking for me and who needs a meeting right now and I have right. to step out because I have to be in this meeting is just so freeing. freeing. It's just amazing. It's liberating. It is. Like I, I woke up the other morning and I always have to go to my computer just to see who needs me or what's happening during that day. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to go to my computer. I don't care who needs me because I'm my own boss right now. And if somebody needs me, I'll get to them in four hours where before, if I waited for four hours, you know, I could be in a lot of trouble. Oh, so, yeah. Especially when you're working for someone else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so now it's just, like I said, I mean, there's those moments, but I've, I already have a course I put together and I made money from that and I've got a couple more things stirring in the pot which will go live this week and so it's like I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm I know I'm going to be okay and it's it's still there's still some convincing to believe that but um mm-hmm. like I said every time I'm really really down about something I talk to somebody. It's just always a a person's put in your life exactly at that moment you need them. Oh yeah. And it it all changes and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be 100% fine. Like yesterday, I just had this moment where I just couldn't believe this was my life and this was happening. It just was so amazing. So those moments are harder to come by when you're in corporate America doing something you don't love. Yeah, that's for sure. I know that. Yes. Well, that's great that you actually have these supports in in line, in, in place. So we as women, we all need to help each other. And I think that you have recognized that yourself. And that's what we are here for. We women all need to help each other to move forward and to to do all the things that we want to do. And it's important. We women understand each other. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Because not everybody wants to share that kind of personal information, especially when it comes to their feelings and how they feel about their finances and so thank you. So my next question is, where did you learn to manage your money? And how old do you think you were when you finally realized, okay, I need to figure this whole money thing out? Did you as a child in your home? Did you actually have anybody teach you how or how did that work? So it was interesting, like I had uh, polar opposites for parents. So I learned I grew up on a farm. And at five years old, I was bored and got my first paying job. So I guess that's child labor issues, but it worked for me. I was bored. I needed something to do. And my brother and sister were a lot older than me. And I've always just had that mentality, like, work is what I do. So my dad was a saver. And so as I made money, he always taught me to save. And what was funny is my sister is uh, six years older than me. And I actually loaned her the money to buy her first car. Wow. Because I was very into saving. But in that same breath... (laughs) My mom was a spender, so I learned about credit cards and spending from her. So I had this like kind of dual personality where I knew I needed to save money, but I loved to spend money too. <laughs> and um, in college, I worked four jobs wow. just so I could spend money. It was very I loved to work. It was nothing to me. It kept me out of the bars because I like to drink too. So. <laughs> It kept me a little more honest, so I would work a lot, spend a lot, like we'd shop, everybody knew me in our local mall, because I literally had a credit card at every store, but I never let myself get in crazy debt, because I worked so much for it, so um, it was when I was, 
guess I was 22 at the time, and I had this really good job. I had graduated from college, moved to Arizona, landed an incredible job, and then landed an even better job shortly after that. And I bought a house, and I bought a new car, and I had this mentality of it's always coming in. And the company I was working for, it was when it was back in nine or 2000, the early 2000s when everything crashed. Mm-hmm. And so I luckily got out of that before the office went away. And it was a moment for me where if I hadn't gotten out of that, I literally just even one month unemployed, I would have been done. I, I had no savings. I had absolutely none. And it was at that point I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I really took a different perspective on my money. And it was like, okay, I've got to start owning. I've got to start learning to build a nest egg because I don't want to be in this situation ever again. Wow, that's awesome that you actually, you were only in your early 20s, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was very, you know, the house thing I happened upon, I was sitting with my roommates doing the math and I saw a house and I said, you know, I got a good job. I bet you what we pay, I think we were paying like four to five hundred a piece each for the apartment. I said, we can get a bigger house where we're only paying like three fifty. Should we, should I get a house? I mean, it was just <laughs> stupid at the time. I had no idea what I was doing, but luckily I fell upon it. And, um, and then I started getting into real estate investing. I just went to a night school and got my realtor's license and started learning from people on investing. So over that time, it was, I learned that the stuff that I had worked so hard to buy was really invaluable, you know, or not valuable at all. Like it was stupid. I had a thousand movies that I'd bought from college and I'm like, why did I work so hard for these movies that mean nothing to me now? And it was just stuff. Well, and then go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, well, that's what the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad talks about as well. You know, all these, he has a specific term that he uses, right? For all the excess stuff that has no value. Yeah, and it's like we fill this, and I'm not perfect yet. Like, I can't tell you, like, there's not moments where I don't like to close shop to make me feel better. But, <laughs> you know, it was just a lot of issue. You know, it was with me, it was just, it made me feel better about myself. You know, I can say I had low self-esteem through my 20s, and it was just something that made me feel better. But mm-hmm. I always made myself, as much as I would like to spend, I always made myself disciplined about investing, too. So there was a balance. Um, and so it, it was hard and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm by no means perfect at this point in my life, but I've worked very hard for a a nest egg and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's great because, you know, you learned all of these things on your own from a very young age. I'm really amazed and I congratulate you because a lot of us really don't figure all this out until we get really old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can say that because I've actually interviewed a lot of older women. The oldest I interviewed, she was late 80s. And, you know, a lot of times we just don't have what you had at the time in your early years, especially uh, getting your first job at five. I think that's amazing. So, yeah, I w- it was horrible at the time. Like looking back, worked so much, but I I thank my parents every day for the work ethic I have today. You know. Yeah. Well, I think growing up on a farm, I have actually have friends who have gr- grown up on a farm, and I think that is what really teaches you how to be responsible and reliable, and teaches you work ethics. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, thank you, and of course, nobody is perfect. At, at money, we all 
have our own journeys that we're on to learn how to deal with it and manage it and think about it, that's for sure. So that's great. You're doing a fine job. Tell me a little bit about how, now that you have your own business, tell me about how you go about figuring out how you would want to, okay, Erin, tell me about how you figure out your pricing structure in your business. Because again, that's a whole money issue. You have to think about how or how much you would like to charge your clients. Okay. Okay. So Erin, tell me a little bit about how you decided to price structure your business, what you're planning on charging your clients, how you went about all of that. Because coming from a job, you know, it's a whole different mindset when you actually have your own business and you actually have to start charging somebody for your services. So tell me how you went about that whole process. Yeah, that's a hard one because you have to believe you're worth it. And that's like the hardest thing in the world to, to feel. Um, yes. Because you almost feel like a fraud sometimes when you're teaching people things. You're like, I they're going to pay me for this. But <laughs> I actually, when I set up my business, I didn't, I thought I wanted to go into coaching and then I didn't want to go into coaching because I didn't want to continually hold somebody's hand. So I took mm-hmm. that off the table and then I just did courses. And so when I was setting the prices of my courses, I I wanted an array of things. So, you know, one being a pretty extensive course where it comes to like I teach chiropractors coming out of school how to start a business and how to run a business because a lot of them don't know or they feel stuck with having to take insurance. So for that one, what I did was my initial go round, which I was very fortunate that I charged a lower price. I only charged $4.99 for that course, which will be uh, $9.99 at the next go round. But I also offered weekly one-on-one coaching with them. So I could say, I will, I will step you through it, which was a win-win for them. And it was a win for me because I could figure out what I may have missed in the teaching. So little details I may not have, I assume they knew that they didn't. So I got that really one-on-one feedback from them so I can just make the course even better. And now what I'm also releasing are just smaller courses for people because I, I was going to do this really huge 12-module launch of people starting a business and stepping them through it. And it's it's a lot of work. Sometimes it can be overwhelming for the client as well when exactly. it's that long. Yeah. yeah, like you think you're giving them all this information and it's awesome, but they're actually shutting down. So mm-hmm. I actually back that up and I'm going to do smaller pieces so they can, you know, take exactly what they need. And if they get to that point where they want more, they can get more. So those little things. And then I've actually, so I run, I live in Dallas and I run, a co-run a meetup group here. And through that, an entrepreneur group, people have been asking me for their help. And I would always say, oh, no, no, I don't coach. I don't coach. I don't coach. But I would encourage any entrepreneur out there to have a group of entrepreneurs that you're friends with because just sitting and having coffee and talking business can just be so eye-opening and awesome for your business. And through that, through one of my uh, friends, we were having coffee and she came up with this idea for me on the pricing structure where I'm going to do just like VIP offers. So like four Mm -hmm. hours, one day, and I'd offer this, you know, just a few times a month, but just allow somebody to 
have another person either help them figure out how they're going to start a business, how they're going to monetize it, or if they're somewhere in their business, how to take it to another level. So I'm not their coach. Even if they're working with another coach, they can have another set of eyes on it and help them, you know, get strategic and plan out the next few steps in their business. So that's kind of the perfect situation for me because I'm not holding hands, but I can be a valuable or a, a value to someone. And those people who are saying, hey, can I pick your brain, uh, I'm, I'm, I have an offering for them instead of me saying, oh, no, I don't coach. So right. everything's in, in, you're evolving constantly as a, as a business. You, are con- you have to just look at things and say what's needed and change what you have to change and then believe in your pricing. you got to set it out there. And I think that's the hardest thing is to say, yeah, I'm worth this. But what's great is you can just set your prices and say you either – take it or you leave it you either think I'm worth it or you don't and if you don't that's okay then move on to someone else that you do think is worth it so you just have to put it out there and believe in yourself and never back down from it I think that's the hardest thing when you're starting out is when somebody says well you charge a thousand I'll I'll give you 500 and you're like "Ooh, that's 500 more than I have I mean it's tempting (laughs) this is not a a bargain um, mall or a bargain um, type of deal but that's exactly. great that you you stuck with it, and it goes back to where you were talking about somebody else giving you ideas for like your VIP days, because it goes back to when I was talking earlier about how women we need each other. We really need the support of other women to help us along in our journey. This is not a solo journey, even though you're working from home and you're in your office by yourself. We are not really on our own we can't actually do anything by ourselves we need the support of other women whether they understand what we're doing or whether they are uh, family and friends we just need each other in in every different way possible so that's great that you actually had someone help you like that and yeah to stick with your pricing structure that you set it is really hard because we as women want to be liked and we don't want to offend anyone we want to make people happy and sometimes we have that thought in our mind well maybe i should give them a discount or lower my prices which is not beneficial to our business because we do have business um expenses so so no, that's great I- that you st- you stick with that and you, you've stuck with it. That yeah, it was probably the hardest lesson I learned when I started out my very first business, I would have those people, well, I know you're charging this, but can I pay? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. And those people were the biggest pain in my butt ever. Every single person that asked for a discount. And I just learned to, you have to value yourself and just hold strong. It's just like, it's like dating, right? If you meet a guy and he says, I like you, but I don't like this and this and this and this about you. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Do you change those for him? <laughs> if you do, that's not a good relationship. It's never going to It's never going to end well, I can promise you. So you have to, I always look at it that way. It's like when I was dating, it was like, here I am, all of me, take it or leave it. Right, and exactly. It, I, it, you end up much better in the long run. I love that. That's funny. I mean, you know, I've been married for a really long time, so... So when people talk about the dating analogy, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> but it's yeah, true. It's you true. Know, if somebody ha- comes up and on your after your first date and has all these things that they're saying, it's like, okay, you need to say goodbye now. Yes, so. and I, I, I wish more women did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. That's another a whole another no- interview, right? That's a whole another topic. 
Exactly. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, so this is great. I love how you've come a long way and you've actually really worked for everything that you have, which do you feel you appreciate everything now that you've actually had to work for everything that you've ever had? Or do you still have moments of taking things for granted? What point are you at right now? I would say I'm pretty appreciative. Um, you know, I... I think that's a struggle sometimes when the whole you have to be grateful for your life. Mm -hmm. and, and so you don't, you, you always have to be grateful, but I think too, like there's always got to be a striving for more, you know what I mean? Like a good balance. You have to be very grateful and happy with where you're at, but you can't just be, okay, I'm happy with this and, and done. <laughs> so it's finding right. that balance, but I definitely, I don't take things for granted because there's nothing in my life that's come easy. A lot of people would, my mom always just like everything good happens to you or you know you're so lucky I'm like I work my butt off behind the scenes to make this look easy so it's not that things are happening but there's 3 a.m you know nights that you don't see there's hustling that you don't see there's me right. you know falling on my butt a couple times that you don't see but it and so because of that, I definitely am very grateful for where I'm at and what I have. I have two healthy children. I rescue dogs, which is my dream. Aww. So I hope, you know, that those, to me, those two things are just, it's just a, a, a very big blessing. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, definitely. You sound like you are just warm and fuzzy, especially when it comes to animals. I feel like people who really love animals are just warm and fuzzy people. Those are the ones you want to get to know. So I would agree. I definitely <laughs> agree with that too. Like if they have a big heart for animals, typically they're, they have some good inside at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, that is so great. Thank you for sharing all that you've done. Now, I just have one last question. And that is, what dream do you have that maybe you want to see fulfilled one day that you're not able to currently work on at the moment? But, you know, we all have dreams of things that we want to do now and dreams of things that we want to do later. Is there anything that you feel that you really want to do one day that has nothing to do with having a business, anything other than, than your business? Well, yeah, so I always believe every person when they start their business should have a very strong why and what's driving them for their business. And my why is actually related to a dream. There's two things. I, Like I said, I rescue dogs. It's been a huge passion of mine. I work with a group here in, in Dallas, and I foster. And But it seems like you have to have one or the other. And if you have a rescue, that's your full-time job. And you're constantly asking people for money and trying to figure out how you're going to pay for a new dog who needs surgery, etc. My dream is, and this is our five-year plan, is to buy land out in California. Oh. We're going to be on a vineyard. Uh, I want, we want to have a winery. And then off of that, we want acreage because I want to be able to build my own Rottweiler rescue. Wow. And, yeah, and I want to be able to fund it where my business is, is making enough that I don't have to. If a if I find a Rottweiler in need and he needs, you know, a $2,500 ACL replacement, it's paid for. It's done. And, then, you know, these things come up all the time. So it's 
it's I, I, I want to be able to afford that, to afford the help to run it so I'm not overwhelmed and constantly begging and wondering where the next check is going to come. And that's just, it's a vision board. It's, it's all there, and that's definitely my dream. Everybody's here for a reason, and I feel like if, I, if my life ends before my rescue is ever created, I haven't fulfilled my life here on Earth. So. Wow, that is an awesome dream. I love that. That's awesome, though, that you actually have such a broad vision. I mean, it's like you figured out all the details of what you want. I mean, even down to the money part about if an animal needs some kind of surgery. I think that's great. Yeah, I just see too many of them. You know, it's a hard. It's hard. I mean, you're constantly, you know, trying to pull, and it's a it's a full time job. So I I want to be in a position that you know I can fund it, and it's it's not a, it's it runs itself basically. I have people helping me, but um, right. I just don't want to be in that position where it's it's my whole life because then you can't really go on vacation. You can't do anything. <laughs> like you really, I mean, when uh-huh. you have house full of rottweilers people are not (laughs) pending to jump on board to take care of them for you so i definitely would need a staff to help me with that yeah and all of that you know unfortunately takes money and uh, probably that would be like a great other interview to talk about those types of things fortunately we need money to live we can't live in this world without money that's great well i great i really hope you get to do that one day Thank you. Yeah, that sounds great. We all need to have dreams and and do the things that really make our hearts sing is what I say. Uh, Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You, You have some really wonderful things that you've shared with me and my audience. So thank you again. Oh, thank you so much. Like I said, thank you so much for having me. 